Ladies and gentlemen, this evening's performance of The Diz Explorers will begin in two minutes. Excellent listening locations are still available all around Showcase Promenade. Due to the use of alcohol and opinions around the lagoon, for your safety, we request that you remain on the promenade side of all railings. During the show, please watch your step and take small children firmly by the hand. Once again, this evening's performance of The Diz Explorers will begin in just two minutes. Thank you. Hey y'all, this is Mel with the Diz Explorers podcast and on this mini-sode I'm going to share with you my trip report to Disney's Riviera Resort because we had a mini miniature little adventure but all's well that ends well as well as my experience joining a boarding group for Rise of the Resistance and my a, a quick trip report of my day at Hollywood Studios. So stay tuned. All right, y'all. So my husband and I recently stayed at Disney's Riviera Resort. I've already recorded my review of the property. Now, this is kind of the companion to that review. This is my trip report. This is, you know, what actually happened to us as we stayed at the resort. So we went down last Monday and... When we were on the Magical Express, it said that our room wasn't ready for us yet. Which, considering our flight landed at 9.45 a.m., that was not surprising. We, we did not expect our room to be ready. But what I did notice was that the room assigned to us, we had a category. Now, we had reserved a tower studio, which are the um, rooms that are made to accommodate two adults small rooms, but we are pretty avid Disney cruisers and we've stayed in inside staterooms many times and we don't have a problem with small accommodations. We're, we're okay with that, especially when it's just the two of us. So we were looking forward to staying in these small rooms just to see what they are like because there's been a lot of buzz, positive and negative buzz around these rooms. So we were excited to stay there. But even though our room hadn't been assigned to us, it did have a category update and it said that we had been assigned a wheelchair accessible tower studio. Now, first off, I'm glad to know that there are wheelchair accessible tower studios. I had no idea. And apparently some of the cast members didn't either. So when we arrived, we had some questions about the room itself, because at least in my experience with Disney Cruise Line and in some of the other times that we have been assigned these rooms, and I say that because we did not request a wheelchair accessible room, nor do we need one. It usually is luck of the draw in availability if we do get assigned a room that has accessibility features. And that just happened to be the case this time, but we did have some questions about the room itself. Mainly the bathroom, because half of the square footage in these tower studios is the bathroom. In fact, that's one of the things you're giving up. You're giving up a larger living space in return for a gorgeous bathroom with a lovely walk-in shower. And when I say I've been looking forward to that walk-in shower with the overhead rain shower head thing, when I say I've been looking forward to that for months, that's not an understatement. I've been looking forward to that shower for months. And when we got there, 
when you walk into Riviera for the first time, you're greeted by a cast member because there's there's really no check-in desk at Riviera. They have some high-top tables and some seating areas in the lobby where you will go with the cast member who has an iPad and everything that they need to check you in is on that iPad. So it's really more like having a conversation with a cast member. I love the cast members at Riviera. So as we're talking to her and we had questions about specifically the bathroom because the description of the room said that it had a tub. Now tower studios don't typically have tubs. And I was asking what kind of tub is it? Is it the larger tub? Is it a different kind, more utilitarian kind of tub? She was honest. She really didn't have experience in one of those tower rooms that have the accessible bathrooms, but she thought that there was a shower in there as well. And she also assured us that it was on a high floor so that we would have a good view of Epcot. So we're like, okay, you know, we'll roll with it and just see what it's like when we get, when the room is available to us. And that happened, I think around three o'clock in the afternoon, we decided, so before that we decided to hop on the Skyliner and walk around the boardwalk for a while. Um, We did grab a bite to eat at Riviera's quick service restaurant. Um, So so we easily passed the time between the time that we arrived and the time our room was ready. So we get up to the room and the living space is pretty much exactly as you'd expect. It was small, but lovely. There was a wonderful view of World Showcase right out on our balcony. But when you got into the bathroom, there was a tub, very utilitarian looking tub, um, kind of looked like from my grandma's house in the 1950s. So it was not a big tub. It was not those soaking tubs. It was a small tub. There were, for those of you who are actually are interested in the accessibility features, there are multiple levels of bars. So there's bars down at tub level. And then if you're perhaps sitting in a shower chair or standing and need a, a grab bar, there are bars higher up as well. The toiletries are lower. They're closer to tub level so that if you're sitting in the tub or sitting in a shower chair, you do have easy access to the toiletries. That's really all I, you know, and there were grab bars obviously at, in the toilet area as well. So that, and there's good, there is enough space to probably easily maneuver a standard size wheelchair in that area. Um, So if you are looking for an accessible tower studio, this would be a great one for you. I was looking for a walk-in shower and that was really my prime focus. So even though we were doubtful, we headed back down to the lobby to ask for a room reassignment. Now I'll preface this by saying that never in any of the times since I've been a parent and probably before, have I ever asked for a room reassignment? I don't think I've asked for a room reassignment at non-Disney hotels. We usually just go with the flow and take whatever room we get, even if it's not in the best location, even if we wish we were, you know, placed somewhere else, we usually just go with it. But this was our first DVC stay. Riviera is our home resort. We are Disney Vacation Club members, and this was our first stay there. So we really wanted the full Riviera experience, which included that walk-in shower. And so we went downstairs and the cast member that we had spoken with before was super great. She called member services and they looked up at the reservations and there were no more Disney Vacation Club rooms available. No studios, no tower studios, no one bedrooms. We were a bit disappointed. 
Actually, I was kind of really disappointed, but you know, she was very nice and I knew it wasn't her fault. It just happened to be availability was availability. She did put a nice state room, state room credit, a nice room credit onto our account. Um, and my husband and I went back upstairs deciding, you know, we're just going to make the best of it. It's not ideal, but okay. Now we get back to the room and we start the early processes of kind of getting to know the room and settling in when my husband looks out to the balcony and notices something that I don't know how I missed before, but it's kind of funny. He's the first to notice it. Um, the door that goes out to the balcony is a great big, is, is a window. I mean, the door is a window is a door. Um, and there is a push button feature on the door that allows a person who is, has limited ability to push the button and the door opens kind of like when you're going into office buildings or, um, shopping where you push the button and the door opens. Well, this room has that feature to go out to the balcony, which was pretty cool. And we're like, okay, but the door itself had no window covering, no privacy curtain, no way to block light. It was wide open to the world. And by the world, I mean the world showcase. It was right across the street. Yes, we were on the eighth floor. Nobody was going to be looking up in my room. But still, you feel privacy issues creeping in on you when you cannot close a curtain. And there was no curtain there to close. We looked around. We're thinking maybe it's a covering because where the window covering would normally be located was... Um, housing for the motor unit that opens the door automatically. So that's hanging over the door itself. And that's where most of the window coverings for doors like that in Riviera rooms are, is over the door. But with that motorized unit there, there was no place to hang window covering. So I thought that maybe there was just something that adhered to the window itself, maybe something that I had to put on. So back downstairs we went, thinking that when we spoke to someone that they would send engineering up or they would send housekeeping up somebody up to cover that window. But this time the cast member that we had spoken with before wasn't available. She was assisting another guest. So we spoke with another cast member and let him know what was going on. We're like, yeah, this is what happened. You know, we kind of gave a brief overview of the bathroom situation and then the door. And he was like, Oh no. <laughs> And he was so nice. And within within two minutes, had us reassigned to a room that was not yet in Disney Vacation Club inventory. He basically had given us a room that is still in the hotel side. Now, let me explain this a little bit. Because Riviera is a DVC dedicated property. But because she's new and not all of her points have been sold... There is still a large portion of the resort that is technically dedicated to cash rooms, meaning people who book the rooms like they would book any other hotel. Like you don't have to be a Disney Vacation Club member to book a room at Riviera. If you didn't know that, you know that now. You can Anybody can book a room at Riviera, even if you're not a Disney Vacation Club member. So he went into that inventory to find us a room. And so within a couple of minutes... Um, the first cast member who had helped us noticed we were back and she came over to see what was going on and they were all working together seamlessly as a team. It was, you know, it was kind of good to see that, you know, 
we had three people on our problem in a heartbeat. And that, that's a good tip for anyone. If you ever have a problem with your room, don't call the front desk because there's no front desk at Riviera. In fact, when you call the front desk or you think you're calling the front desk at any Disney resort, you're really calling a call center, a centralized call center. And they kind of escalate issues or de-escalate issues from that call center. But if you walk down to the lobby, you're dealing with a cast member who is physically on site. So that's what we always do whenever we have any issue at all. We always go straight to the lobby. And so they were working together. They were working on it. And what they had to do was basically cancel our DVC reservation. And they rebooked us a complimentary reservation on the hotel inventory part of the resort. Um, now, looking at the rooms or the hallways, you're not going to know what's a DVC room and what's not. And my guess is that. Maybe my stay was a DVC stay and the next day is a hotel stay. I, I don't even know. But they reassigned us to a new room. Now, the thing is, is if you're in a tower studio and there and you have been told there are no more tower studios, there's only one way to go in your room category, and that is up. So we knew there was an upgrade, and I figured, oh, they found us a studio, maybe a one-bedroom. Uh-uh, y'all. When they actually walked us up to the room, because they wanted to make sure that we were happy before, I guess, before they left our presence. They walked us up to the room. And when we got in there, y'all, it was a two-bedroom villa. For my husband and me, just the two of us. <laughs> it was a two-bedroom villa. And y'all, I, I wanted one walk-in shower. I got two. There was one walk-in shower for me, one walk-in shower for my husband. I'm just kidding. We actually never used the other bathroom. Um, we pretty much stayed to one side of the villa. But it was so lovely. The view was at the center part of the tower. So we had a, a centralized view of the lake and the skyliner. And oh, oh, so pretty. Such a great room. Um, so Disney cast members, hats off to you. Uh, after we finally got in our room and our luggage got to us. Now, our luggage actually got sent to the first room we were assigned to. But we figured that out pretty quickly because we had landed at 945. And it's about 430 at this. No, about 4 at this point. Not quite 430. And we still didn't have our luggage. But we knew our luggage had made it to the resort or Delta would have called us by now. If our luggage was lost, Delta would have told us through the app. Um but our we knew our luggage had made it to Orlando, and we figured it had probably made it to Riviera at that point. But since we had a room reassignment, we were pretty sure that our luggage went to our first room, which was the case. It did. Um, Bell Services found it, retrieved it, got it to us lickety-split in time for our early reservations at Tupelinos, because we had reservations at Tupelinos for 5 o'clock. And so we showered, we got ready, um, and had a lovely, lovely dinner. I think our server was Dylan. I think that was his name. I'm really bad with that. I should have written that down. He was phenomenal. He was so excited about the olive oil. And I know nothing about olive oil. I know a little bit about olive oil now. But he, the, from the olive oily bread appetizer all the way through his suggestions and just interacting with him, the timing of the meal was perfectly paced. The food was fantastic. I can't say enough about this dining experience. It was a splurge for us. Um, we enjoyed every single second being up at Topolino's for dinner. Um, there were a few families, and a lot of people have said that it's 
not a super kid-friendly menu, and it's really not, but there, you're going to find things on that menu for everyone. There were a couple of families. It was primarily adults up there. Um, it is more of an adult type of atmosphere, meaning that it's just quiet and subdued. There's nothing really exciting going on at dinner time that would keep kids entertained, but the few kids we saw around were perfectly well-behaved and seemed like they were enjoying their meals, so definitely family-friendly enough that if you did want to take your kids up there, there wouldn't be any problem. And there's no dress code, although we kind of dressed up a little bit because I think you'll feel more comfortable in the space if you're dressed up just a little bit. I had a t-shirt dress that I kind of dressed up with a little scarf, um, but it was lovely. We had a great time and then we crashed <laughs> pretty quickly after that. Goodness. I think we got back to our room when our reservation was at five. We were back in our room by 730 and man, we fell asleep. After getting up early for a flight and then having the room, it, the, the adventure of the room reassignment, um, it, it, it had been a long day. It, a good day, but a long day. And we had to get up super early because the next morning we had to get over to Hollywood Studios for Rise of the Resistance. Now we woke up pretty early, but even so, we didn't get out of our room until about 6.15. The park opened at 7, so we were kind of running behind our own schedule. We ordered a lift and got to the drop-off point, the rideshare drop-off point at Hollywood Studios by 6.40 because traffic bottlenecks in that in that rideshare line for Ubers and Lyfts. Um, it bottlenecks and it becomes a single file line where they're just you know dropping off people and dropping off people, but it's only a few at a time. But we were prepared. It was like 6.40 when we got out of the car. And I will tell you one thing that will speed up your entrance into any theme park. We don't carry bags into the parks. My husband has a wallet. I have a cell phone that's got a small wallet attached to it. And that's it. No purses, no backpacks, no nothing. So we go through the, when we're at security, we go through the security line for people with no bags. And you're through there in five seconds. And then because we were late, they had already let people tap into the park or scan into the park with their magic bands. So there really was no line at that point. We just scanned right in and by 645, we were in the park. I mean, we got out of the, I mean, that was within five minutes. We were in the park. We made our way down um, Sunset Boulevard towards towards Tower of Terror. Because we knew a lot of people were going to go over to Star Wars Land first, Galaxy's Edge, to ride Millennium Falcon first. And then the other half of the people are probably going over to Toy Story Land. There was a small little cluster of folks over on Hollywood Boulevard who were, or Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard? I don't know. Anyway, over by Tower of Terror. There was a smaller group of us who were trying to make Tower of Terror our first stop of the morning. And there just weren't as many people over there anyway. Um, So at seven o'clock, that hush comes over the crowd and everybody's fiercely tapping their phones. And within five seconds, we had our boarding group, boarding group number 42, which was a perfect boarding group. Um, And a couple minutes later, they dropped the ropes and we all went to Tower of Terror, my side of the crowd went over to Tower of Terror and I'm sure the other half were going over to Rock and Roller Coaster. So by 7.15 we had already ridden Tower of Terror. We went over to the Rock and Roller Coaster single rider line and by 7.30 we had ridden 
rock and roller coaster. So by 7.30, we had our boarding group and had done two of our favorite attractions at Hollywood Studios. Not a bad half hour. Um, We spent the rest of the morning kind of meandering through Galaxy's Edge. We, We walked through every square inch of that place. We had reservations at Oga's for nine o'clock. Um, it was a little confusing at first because when you check in, you get into this line. It's a line, you know, and some of the people have reservations. Some of the people don't. So we were a little curious about how that worked, but it looked, it, it turned out that the people with reservations were getting plucked out of the line before the people who just walked up. So the people who walked up would eventually work through the line, but they were pulling the people with reservations out of the line to go on inside. Um, and we went inside and had some coffee drinks because it was early. It's too early for me to drink. I don't drink much anyway, but I can't drink at 9 a.m. Um, <laughs> good on you if you can. I'm, I'm just not there. I hadn't had any coffee yet and I needed it. Well, actually, I did have coffee. I had one cup of coffee, but not like strong coffee. And then I had the overnight oats. And let me tell you, I was not expecting much. It was like fruit and oatmeal. How great could that be? Oh my goodness, it was so good. The fruit was wonderfully ripe and sweet. And the, I don't know, some kind of fruit puree that was in the the oatmeal. I don't know what they do to that. It's delicious. Just get the overnight oats. I think they have it at the quick service places as well in the morning over in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, it was good. That was so good. That was a great way to start the day. Then after that, we got in the standby line for Millennium Falcon. They didn't have fast passes for it at the time, which I think makes the ride lines go a little bit quicker. It said that there was a 90-minute wait. It actually turned out to be a 60-minute wait, which actually the line moved pretty at a pretty good pace so that we could take in all of the decor, the droids. We could see and appreciate everything that was around us. So I definitely recommend if it, the wait's, you know, an hour, hour and a half to to wait in that standby line at least once so that you can take everything in because I'm sure the fast pass line is going to cut off a lot of that part of the experience. And that's true for most rides and attractions at Walt Disney World that the standby line has more for you to see and experience that you don't always get when you're in those fast pass lines. So I'm glad we were in the standby line for Millennium Falcon once. I don't think we're going to ride it again. It's not, it's like, souped up star um star tours it was okay i mean it was nice it was fun we pushed buttons and stuff we were engineers which i was glad of because we're prone to motion sickness anyway so i heard that being an engineer was a better bet for people who are prone to motion sickness because we could just sit there and press buttons we didn't have to really keep our focus on any one thing um so yeah it jostled you around it was good it was fun my kids are gonna love it because it was just my husband and me and we were like okay yay we're done <laughs> my kids will love it. my kids will ride it over and over um us probably not so much now rise of the resistance on the other hand is a totally different story so by the time we had gotten off of millennium falcon it was about ten forty-five or so and that and our boarding group had just been called while we were in line for Millennium Falcon. So we had, we walked straight from Millennium Falcon to Rise of the Resistance, which I definitely recommend riding Millennium Falcon before Rise of the Resistance. Please do it in that order. If you can, (laughs) you will be much happier if you do, because Rise of the Resistance is going to blow you away. 
the first thing I said when I been, I'm not going to say anything about the attraction other than that because spoilers and I do not want to spoil it for anybody. I'm so glad I didn't have it spoiled because the surprises and, you know, not knowing what was going on was so much fun. I mean, how many times can you be on a Disney ride and not know what's going on? I mean, even on Smuggler's Run, I kind of knew what the gist was. I knew what was going on. I knew what was going to happen. You know, you're racing through and you're shooting at stuff. Um, But you had no clue what was going to happen on at any given point during the experience. And it's an experience. It's not just a ride. It's not just a show. It's an experience. Go get that boarding group and experience it. So as soon as we finish, I'm like, again, again. But of course, all the boarding groups had been assigned for the day and I couldn't get another one. <sighs> I mean, I probably, I would have waited in line for that again, like a big line to do that again. But it, and there's not anything really in Walt Disney World, including Flight of Passage, that I would wait more than an hour, hour and a half for. I would wait for Rise of the Resistance. And that's saying a lot. So I'm going to cut it there and just say that the rest of my day was fantastic. We ate at Baseline Tap Room for lunch and had the charcuterie plate. Now, I know it's kind of frou-frou and fancy to say I ate a charcuterie plate for lunch, but you get a great charcuterie plate at Baseline. It is a good size, healthy portions for like $10. Like even the charcuteries at my resort in the in the grab-and-go section were not as good and they cost about the same. Um, fantastic service over at Baseline. I can't say enough about the cast members who are and surfers who are working there. So we had a had a quick lunch. We did have a fast pass for Slinky Dog Dash that I'd managed to grab the day before in the airport. <laughs> so you never know. If you can't get that fast pass, you really, really want keep trying because I got it the day before. Since and people are always changing plans, especially the day of. So keep trying for those difficult to get fast passes because you just never know. You're usually going to be rewarded with one. We also spent a nice day at Disney Springs. We shopped around. We ate lunch at um, Raglan Road. We sat at the bar and had an appetizer lunch. And then returned over to Riviera just to relax for the rest of the day. And, you know, we, we had a, a great, a great, great trip. Um, I highly recommend heading over to Riviera definitely listen to my review of the resort it's a great resort she's got pros and cons like I always say every resort does um but she really is a beautiful property Um, I think that everyone should give her a try at least once because she's charming she's not as large as some of the other resorts so if you do have mobility issues it's a great resort because everything is close to you um Which is some of the critiques that I've heard about Riviera is that, you know, it's a tower hotel. What that does mean is that everything's close. You hop on an elevator. You can, you're right at the food court. You hop on an elevator. You know, the pools are going to be right outside. So if you do have mobility issues, do know that the rooms are there for you. Um, The spaces are accommodating. There's multiple elevators in different locations at each elevator room has four elevators and there are two of three of those I don't know there were a lot of elevators so they're everywhere that way that if you have to use an elevator on the east side you can do that knowing that there are elevators on the west side as well and especially since it's a tower hotel you know we're not walking up eight nine flights of stairs (laughs) to your room the number of elevators doesn't they're quick they're fast elevators so you're going to get to where you need to go 
So definitely give Riviera a try. Definitely, definitely make Rise of the Resistance part of your must-do list for your next Disney vacation. I can't say that enough times. You're gonna wanna do that. So I hope you enjoyed my trip report, my quick trip report of our last day at Walt Disney World. So until next time, we'll see you real soon. Bye-bye. Follow our troop at www.disexplorers.com where you can find all the links for all our hosts' social media accounts. You can also follow the podcast on our Facebook group at The Diz Explorers and on Twitter and Instagram at The Diz Explorers. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and also on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Spectral magic.